Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. years ago, the Buddha taught you are what you think. I am love. I am peace. I am joy. I am silly. I am powerful. So a modern philosopher coined the phrase that you are what you eat. I am organic vanilla ice cream. I'm cheesy. I'm a good, strong cup of coffee in the morning. I am mac and cheese. 
Today, like millions of my human sisters and brothers on planet Earth, I'm becoming mindful about what I eat, what I think. But lately, I've been thinking about this. I watch what I eat, but do I watch what I watch? What about what I feed my mind, my heart, and my soul? At Conscious Good, we believe you are what you watch. You are what you watch. Anytime you watch something that causes your soul to hurt, there's an impact. So what's the answer? At Conscious Good, we think it's about feeding our minds the same way that we feed our bodies. With nourishing choices. After all, if media can have a negative influence on behavior, it can also have a positive one. It's been proven that if we watch TV shows and videos about people helping others, cooperating and being generous, it can actually influence us to be more altruistic and kind to one another. Talk about paying it forward. So next time you sit down to watch your comfort movie, consider how you will feel afterwards. Will you be happy and energized? That's because maybe, just maybe, what you watch, read and listen to, matters. I am what I watch, so I watch what I watch. I am nourished. I am inspired. I am enlightened. I am a celebration. I am conscious. I am conscious. I am conscious. I am good. I am good. I am good. We. 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 We are. We are. We are. We are conscious good. Welcome to the Brahma Kumaris, where a new world is opened up for you. From humble beginnings in India in 1936 to a global organization with over 8,000 centers in 110 countries and 1 million students worldwide, through their tireless commitment, passionate heart, and determined spirit, the Brahma Kumaris arrived in America in 1974 and have since grown to 35 main centers throughout America. There are also two residential retreat centers, Peace Village, located in upstate New York, and Anabuti, located in Nevada, California. I want to just share a little bit about uh, how the centers of Raj Yoga Meditation began in the United States. Actually, I was in Caribbean islands and I got invitation from New York that uh, we want to start something about meditation. And it was in 1978 I came here and we rented a very small apartment in Astoria. And from there I found that a lot of people have interest. I realized that there is so much need and from there onwards then centers started in many other states. Our centers are safe spaces where you can explore the power of your inner world. The classes are conducted in many, many homes, many cities, all over across the United States. A lot of people, they learn meditation, they use it, that meditation at their workplace, in their family, and also I find the children, young adults, because they are so much into like, what really is the life about? The Brahma Kumaris are dedicated to personal and global transformation through the study and spiritual practice of Raj Yoga meditation. And at the heart of our teaching is the belief that the pathway to peace and happiness is to remember our original nature as spiritual beings connected to the one source. 
1981, the organization received recognition as an international non-governmental organization affiliated with the United Nations and accredited with general consultative status with the Economic and Social Council. From organizing large-scale global initiatives to local community programs, the Brahma Kumaris has a tradition of service in every field that fosters spiritual growth among individuals from all backgrounds, cultures, and walks of life. I hold on to this vision, the world of love, world of peace and harmony, world which is free from conflict and sorrow, where we can live as brothers, one family, children of common parents, one supreme divine power. This is your invitation to awaken and join us in creating a world of love, peace, and kindness. Om Shanti. Hi everyone, welcome to The Next Normal. I'm your host, Sister Jenna, and please accept a very, very warm Om Shanti. I'm really thrilled about today's conversation. It's with one of my all-time favorite teachers, Carolyn Mace, who has just released a new book called In- Intimate Conversations with the Divine. Caroline came to me in a time of need this year during my health opportunity, and when I asked her to do her medical little gift, which she doesn't do anymore for folks. She just told me what it was, and I didn't like her answer, but I had to accept it because I know that she comes from a place of love and deep truths. Anyway, I had sent out some information about our conversation, and my beautiful, young, inspiring youth leader and powerful young woman of today, Kristen Hoffman, responded and just said she's one of her all-time favorite teachers. So I ended up asking Kristen Hoffman if she would be happy or open enough to grace us with a song as a gift to Caroline, knowing all that she's done over the years. And without hesitation, Kristen said yes. So let me tell you a little bit about Kristen. She's a Julia-trained singer-songwriter musician with extraordinary artistic range. Her music has been heard on major record labels, film, and television. And she has performed throughout the world, collaborating with musical luminaries and projects ranging from individual albums to groundbreaking symphonic productions. 
It's with great, great love that I welcome our beautiful Kristen Hoffman to the next normal. Hi, Kristen. I'm so glad that you could join us. Hello, Sister Jenna. Hello, Caroline. It's such an honor to be here today. And wow, my heart is just so full because I get a chance to give back to an amazing woman who really changed my life. I think it was back in about 2007 when I was navigating, I would say, out of the main major label music industry, which really wasn't resonating fully with my soul. And I got this message, just go out, find your courage, and listen to to your heart's guidance. And I knew that what my true mission in this life was, was, is to use music as a vehicle for healing and awareness. And right around that time, I discovered anatomy of the spirit. I think somebody gave it to me as a gift. And wow, did this book change my perspective, my sense of healing within my being, my understanding of being in discussion with my higher self and how that could be encoded on a cellular level. And this book just helped me to really step into my mission fully. And I would say if I went to an island for the rest of my life and I could take 10 books, Anatomy of the Spirit would definitely be one of them. So Caroline, thank you for being a transformational guide and mentor in my world. And I think it's very rare in this life that someone who has served as such a mentor kind of from afar for a while that we have the chance to give back with our own gifts to that person. So it is a true honor today to share this piece that poured through last night. I was reading the description of your newest book and I went to get ready for bed and I started hearing this melody and I started hearing these words and I said, okay, let's not miss this moment. And I went and sat down at the piano and this whole piece poured through between 11 and 12 p.m. On 11.22, no less. It started at about 11 o'clock on 11.22, so total master numbers in the works. And it is called Sweet Divine. So I, I offer this piece to you with my deepest gratitude. Here we go.
special gift for all the work and all the service you've offered our humanity. Kristen Hoffman, thanks for setting the tone for our evening's conversation. As usual, you've touched our hearts. Mm-hmm. Caroline, did you have anything to say? Do you need to take out any tissues? <laughs> I, I, I really want to say how blessedly gifted you are. And honestly, you the the when someone gives their talent, their genius in response, you, you have done more for me than you'll ever know. Than you'll ever know. I, I can't even thank you enough for whatever you think I've done in your life. You've replayed it 100-fold. I will always remember wow. this. I'm the one who needs the tissues now. <laughs> Thank you. What a special Thank moment. You. Yeah. I can't wait to read your I'll your newest you book, Caroline. 
Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Love and light. Thank you, you too, Karen. darling. You All too. the best. Love you, Sister wow. Janet. Thank you. Me too, darling. Thanks a lot. Om Shanti. Om Shanti. So I think... I think all of you now are pretty much ready for an intimate, deeper conversation tonight to service at a level of real transformation. I know I don't really need to offer the you know, introduction to Caroline because our conversation would be more than enough, but for those of you who might be just learning about her, she's a five-time New York Times best-selling author and internationally renowned speaker in the field of human mm-hmm. consciousness spirituality and mysticism, but also health energy. She's also started the Educational Institute in 2003 called the Carolyn Mace Education, which offers a diverse array of programs uh, devoted to personal development, and it draws students from all around the world. Caroline maintains a rigorous international workshop and lecture schedule, and she's produced more than 80, 80, 80 audiovisual products on subjects that include healing, spirituality, personal development, and much more. Of course, you can see Caroline online, Super Soul Sunday with Oprah Winfrey, but what has brought us here together is her new book, Intimate Conversations with the Divine, Prayer, Guidance, and Grace, which I had the fortune of assisting in a little endorsement. So with my heart filled with grace and love, Caroline, Welcome to the next normal. Glad that you could join us from your busy schedule. Oh, thank, thank you, Sister Jenna. It's good to be with you. We have been going through quite a lot of changes in the last, I would say, maybe ten years, especially. But I'd say the last four years have been quite intense. What have you learned at a personal level about what these four years actually meant to you? That's a big question, Sister Jenna. Um, We're walking into deep waters here. Um, What I will say is that we have been in the flow of transformation since we entered the nuclear age. That was crossing a power Rubicon. When we, when we stole the fire again from Zeus, so to speak, when we, when we accessed the capacity to destroy ourselves, thinking that it was somehow or other an accomplishment, I think that the level of light and dark uh, catapulted to a new a new playground, a new, all right. And that from that time on, we knew somehow inside of ourselves, we could feel a archetypal cosmic momentum building. That from that time, life looks from the Buddhist point of view as it, I mean, uh, let me say it differently. It looks externally like we're making progress. Look at this. There's, you know, more of this and more of that, and things are faster, bigger, faster, bigger, faster, bigger. But, in fact, more species are dying. The, the environment's becoming more, more toxic. 
the the actual organic support system is becoming more toxic constantly and the actual psychic living system the energetic system is becoming more contaminated and all we ever do is measure by can, does my phone work does this faster 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 comfortable we, we, we look at everything from whether it's comfortable and fast, and that's our measure of whether or not we're making progress, when in fact, at the energetic level, we're a catastrophe. So what I think is happening is we have been building to a crescendo of awakening, is how I would put it, that We've been awakening as a hobby, Jenna. We've been awakening as a hobby. Oh, I think I'll take yoga, and I think I'll do this. And we did it for our health, not to actually awaken, not to actually awaken. We did it to get our blood pressure down, and we did it to to stay in, in, in shape. It was like the cool thing to do, and then we'll go get a smoothie and all this other stuff. You do it so that you can in touch with what is evil and good in you. How is it you navigate the choices you make? What side of this issue is, is in you? And so in these last four years, we've been building with all this fake news. Fake news to me is like, like Buddha said, it's all fake news out there. It's all fake news. The whole world's illusion. Now you've got a puppeteer out there screaming that. You've got one in Russia. You've got one here. All this, we are in the age of the unimaginable. So what do I think is happening? I think that we are on the brink of losing the world we know. I think that the pandemic is this incredibly, I think it's a matter of evolution and it's a matter of cause and effect and choice and consequence. And I think that when it comes to the choices we have to make, human beings cannot seem to get that a rising tide lifts all ships. and that um, the, the, the journey is that what is in one is in the whole, that all life breathes together, they, that, that in fact um, we have to start making decisions that empower the whole. But the distribution of power, the love of power dominates over the power of love. And that's just the way it yes. is. Can I jump in here? Jump because as much as you want. Yeah. <laughs> because it connects to what you're saying. Um, and it's something I've been asking myself a lot, and I can't say I've found an answers yet. But why is it, Caroline, that we tend to learn faster through tragedy than through love? For example, um, We've had love, and we kind of take it for granted at times. But then it has to get to this particular point of such darkness 
that people start to somehow then decide, I need to wake up, it's no longer about yoga and my health? Mm -hmm. Like, what is it in the human psyche or in the soul that triggers people to do something at a deeper level when it's tragic? It has to be tragic first. I don't want to be wired like that, by the way. I don't wait for tragedy to grow or to learn. Yes, when I do encounter a real tough karmic period, my growing curve is exponentially really faster, but I do look for moments of growth in moments of love, like what we had at the opening. I can't begin to tell you how that made me feel, and I knew that was my growth. But I've been noticing people are wired to decide or choose to grow when situations get tragic. Why? I think that's always been, I mean, I think it's very rare that someone recognizes I need to empower this person, and that would make this whole thing better. I, I, I need to recognize how racist the United States is. And so we need to, to recognize we have always been an unbelievably racist country, and we just don't want to share power with them. And that's what's going on in the, in the government and et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of the, that in the legislation and and that's what Mitch McConnell is now up to with his federal judges. And um, the sharing of power, power is the fundamental ingredient in the human experience, Sister Jenna, power. Everything is a negotiation of power. Everything, everything we say, everything we do, everything. We don't, we're not born loving. We have to be taught how to love. And and we and and it starts out as a physical substance. This is love. Let me show you I love you. I will get up and make you dinner. I will physicalness. So we see love as power. The most terrifying thing for people to do, Jenna, is to empower somebody. Is to give power. Is to is to give a compliment is to say, you know what, you're really good at this. Kristen is a genius at her music. And for for her, I bet you she she has not encountered the number of people she should have in her life who said, My God, dar. Because people who are really, really talented intimidate others. They shouldn't, but they do. We have this fear that there's never going to be enough. And we live from that illusion. We live from that illusion. There'll never be enough. And so we've chosen the route to destroy things as opposed to instead of sharing, we will destroy so you don't get more. Think about that. That's how we do our calculations. Rather than help people in this country, that country, this country, we will bomb them and destroy them so that we don't have to share what we have. So, uh, the, the way we think is so primitive. It, it is at times so primitive, it takes my breath away. It takes my breath away. 
the, the idea that empowering somebody who doesn't look like, oh my God, could you do that? So uh, we're primates when it comes, I mean, the, the, the journey ahead of us, well, how am I from these last four years? I think our, our primitiveness has been exposed. I agree. That, that somebody as crass, as crude, a liar, a person who just drips in all the seven sins is emulated. It's emulated. That, that half the voting public said, no, this is the person we want to lead this nation. Absolutely. Tells you how much trouble we're in. Yeah. Okay, so on one level, and by the way, I know that... What? Oh, I just wanted to say, by the way, I am not making a Republican or Democratic statement, though it sounds it. I would be as aggressive <laughs> if this person were a Democrat, Libertarian, or Druid. I just I know find... I know you would. We know you. We know you. We know where your heart is. Contaminating. I don't care about... I have no allegiance to a political party whatsoever. My allegiance is to the Constitution and to my country. I don't care about these idiot politicians. None of them. Yes, yes. I get you. I get you. I get you. And I think that as we navigate during these particular time, I guess you are right. It's really about power because I've even seen in my own life, sometimes um, you just keep going. You know, you're not pausing. You're not getting caught up in all the games that people play and all the hearsay, the gossiping, the criticism, the competition, you're like straight up, you know, I focus on my love for God, I do what I get inspired to do and just wait to see if it's ever going to just pour down on me as a blessing and again, I'm not even doing it for that. Um, I know that as we navigate through these times, um, my desire and my wish was for us to really feel that we're getting turned to God, Caroline, like that we would talk more about the divine. And I was curious to find out where were you when you started to put together intimate conversations with the divine book? Um, you know, when we spoke and I was going through my health opportunity, you immediately sent me the manuscript to read. Every morning I would wake up and I would read those prayers, especially the one on humility. And it just would heal me. It would touch me. It became mm-hmm. like almost a second Gita for me. And there was just something about it, the the authenticity, the feeling, the the purity of it. You tapped into who we, I call God, Baba. It's just because I'm more of a baby with my relationship. But you tapped into Baba, God, the divine, Allah, Jehovah, in such a way that it just, it, it gives you that space to let that energy in more. Where were you when you were putting this book together? Where were you inside? And when you reached the final page and you put the pen down, do you remember where you were inside? Um, well, I, you know, the story I tell in the book 
where I was in my kitchen and I heard that voice that said, you don't pray. You didn't have a prayer life. Honestly, Sister Jenna, that was like a bolt of lightning. And you talk about humble, right? Because I thought, because I teach and I teach spirituality and I do all these medical intuitive readings and yada, 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 yada. I thought it, that message was so clear because it went all through my body like an electrical charge. And in typical of a mystical message, it it has a timeless quality in that you you know a thousand things simultaneously. It's what Teresa Vavil would call direct knowing. You know your life has changed. You know that you did not engage that thought yourself. You know that you now have to do something about that. You know something profound has happened. You know, you know, you know, you know. You know that everything up to that time in your life is over. You know that a new path is going to open, has just opened, and it will require prayer. All of that, all of that sunk into me in a microsecond. All of that. All of that, as I stood in my kitchen on that Friday afternoon in October, and as I stood there, and I, and on a day when, to top it off, I was feeling so good about my life. I was thinking, I love this life I have, <laughs> and <laughs> right, and 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 then I thought, uh, why? Why do you get, how, how is it that you know the intimacy, the tininess of my tiny little prayers and that they're not enough and that I'm not, and all of a sudden, intimacy of heaven became real. I mean, it became full on, total Oh my God, you're everywhere. But it wasn't just a thought. Like, children, God, are everywhere. This was like, bloody hell. You are everywhere. The holiness of that, Jenna, it almost brought me to my knees. Right there in my kitchen. I mean, I, I... it's so hard to truly, truly share the content of a mystical experience. Because you can't, because it's given to, to. it's like saying to someone, share your baby. I don't think so, right? Um, I think not. Get your own, you know. But I... Intimacy that you would come here and tell me that my prayer life is insufficient 
and you need my, me to pray, and that that's going to matter. To I, the whole thing was just. And then I thought, oh Christ, what are you going to do to me now? And then you know, and then the whole thing, nothing was the same from that point on. But the intimacy, I was like, boy, oh boy, you are everywhere. Wow. Oh, and then I thought, this is so cool. You you, you got deeply hooked, didn't you? It was like um, a a, a mirror, a mirror that you were accustomed to looking through shattered, and a whole new you emerged. I'll tell you why I'm smiling. Uh, When I was about 24, 25, for the first time, I had trekked to India at my parents' group and one that I eventually joined, the Brahma Kumaris. And I was so young, and you know my background, you know, pretty young Where were you and born? enjoying May the I world. Where were you born? I was originally yeah. born in Kingston, Jamaica, but I left when I was four, mm-hmm. and I've been in the states ever since. Okay. And now I'm only yeah. seven. So what happened was, <laughs> when I actually went to India at the Brahma Kumaris, I sat there in the group of about. It's gonna. You're gonna understand what I'm trying to say here. It was about 2,000 of us in a room, and I remembered interpreting this was going to be my moment to welcome God into my life fully. And as I sat there with that knowingness, there was um, one of the yogi sisters, Daddy Gulta, amazing energy. I remember she came on the stage, sat there, and everybody's in meditation. And my heart is pumping out of my chest, and everything that I did against my peace or against my purity was coming like fast forward, like the end of a tape. And I felt like inside I wasn't going to have my experience with God. And as I was getting up from where I was sitting, the energy, there was like an energy that just entered into the space and it just, it just kind of, this wind flew over me and it sat me down gently. And guess what I learned from that experience? God cared nothing about if I was good, naughty, or nice. He was just this energy of love. There is that intimacy that happens with your awakening. And I sat there, Caroline, for another five hours. I never moved my eyes off of that moment. I believe it. And just allowed that, oh, I just allowed that love to pour over you. And when you had told me about the intimacy part of the book, I went, I get it. I know what she means. This is the intimacy yeah. the world is looking for. Yeah, yeah, I felt that. How how have you been able to sustain it? I I don't know, but I do. I what can I say to you? I live in it. I live. I dwell in it. I live in it. I don't have to do anything. I, I have to. I pray. I I I. I truly live, Jenna, I live in this truth that this all is God and I am simply walking around in God all day. This is where all of creation is God. I, it's like I got it. It's like I got it. Like if God could hand out perceptions, truth, truth jewels that activate in a person as a gift, as a blessing to use your word, as a blessing. 
one of the greatest blessings that could download and activate like an Alka-Seltzer, just go, <laughs> is like that all of this is breathing, conscious, holy God. And you're floating around in it. And we're just walking. And everything is just a different vibration of God at all times. And so I really, really live in that. And when, and I, and I have to sustain it. I have to, I have to pray. I, so I, 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 you know, I said a prayer before our, our interview. I, 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 I just will slip into dialogue. I will slip into dialogue as if you were here, as if God is here at all times. Because God is here at all times. So I slip into dialogue because God is here at all times. And so I just slip Mm -hmm. into an intimate conversation. Like, you know what I was thinking? And like like I'll go on my porch and I'll say, I got to tell you, this is getting screwed up down here. So you obviously... This, you know what's going on here, but it's hard, and and kids are in cages, and so what am I supposed to do? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. This is this is, and if the only thing I can do is generate grace, then so I shall do it. I don't know anything else to do. But that's a lot. But generating grace in a time. Generating grace in a time where people seem to have moved grace aside from their narrative is vital. Um, I'm curious to ask you, especially the listeners and the viewers that are tuning in, how can we open Mm -hmm. our own intimate channel of communication Mm -hmm. with the divine, which can help Mm -hmm. us to navigate the challenges that life throws us? Any suggestions? Um, Yeah. Well, you know, to that I'm going to say, um, um, uh uh-oh. But he would sneeze. Um, now you're bringing up the subject of faith, really. Of faith and of trust. Um, I, I tell everybody, you know, start out with holy listening and, and prayer. And don't pray as if you expect a reward for prayer. Don't pray with entitlement. Don't 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 pull off any of those attitudes with heaven that you have with human beings, because it's not going to get you anywhere. The celestial world and the holy world is not organized like the physical world. It doesn't care about your temper tantrums and it doesn't cave into spoiled breaths and it doesn't do any of that. Heaven is all about the journey of getting you to become more comfortable with the quality of choices you make that are based and rooted in sacred truth. That's that's the role of heaven. That's the role of heaven. And so um, 
when you asked, why do we always end up getting to the place where we're in pain before we cave? Because we've chosen pain as our teacher, haven't we? How many times have we been warned ahead of time, don't do that, it'll do this or that, and we don't care because it doesn't suit us because we really don't take that seriously. Oh, that won't happen to me because I'm entitled to things working easier for me because I'm entitled to certain blessings because I'm so special. And so this won't happen to me because I'm just so special. And so... The first stage is getting over the I'm so special thing, isn't it? And that getting it, getting over your contempt for being ordinary. And so how do we pray? We take our shoes off on sacred ground. And we start saying, you know what? I'm just like everybody else. And I am subject to the laws of nature. And this is an organic universe. And God is law. God is law. And what, what, I, what actions I set into motion, I am responsible for the reaction. What choices I make have consequences. So how shall I pray? Guide me so that I do no harm. And if I am doing harm, show me why I'm doing harm. Beautiful, powerful. There are certain things that we innately might be asking ourselves in our quiet moments. could be when you're cooking. It could be when you're walking from one room to another. Um, it could be when you're picking up the phone. Mm-hmm. You know, those quiet thoughts that mm-hmm. emerge to signal something to you. Mm-hmm. We hear a lot. Um, the current leadership had talked about the soul of America, he healing the soul of America. And this is not a political question. But I'd love if you could share with us what is your interpretation or understanding of soul? I think I think I'll think of toilet water, cologne, perfume. All the same what? fragrance, but different. <laughs> intensity. You know, all the same fragrance, but different intensity, right? So I think of eau de toilette, right? toilet water, very cheap, so you have to put a lot of it, and it doesn't go very long. And that's physical life. That's our toilet water. It has our fragrance, but it won't last very long. Cologne is our energy field. Energy. There's nothing sacred about that. It's just mechanical, just energy. Which is why working with energy won't heal you. It just maneuvers, but it's tech, it's the wiring. It's what people don't get. It's just wiring. Then you get to perfume. So the energy field is where the spirit is. Spirit manages the wiring. Then you get to the perfume. That's your eternal, cosmic, holy self. That's your soul. I get you. I get that. I look at it that um, there are original recordings in the soul. There's a Sanskrit word called sanskaras. And you've got the energy in the soul. When you're soul aware, 
there is love and peace and purity and truth in you. And when you're mm-hmm. not, and you're in the mm-hmm. uh, the mm-hmm. toilet water, it's an acronym <laughs> I use quite frequently. <laughs> it's called algae. <laughs> you're in the anger, yeah. the lust, the greed, the attachment, and the ego. Yep. And what we're trying to move from is from algae to the original cell, from the toilet water to the perfume. I get it. Now I know why I love perfume. <laughs> I don't so I get both. that. Um, oh, I love it. Um, God. Who is God? Are you asking or are you just musing? I'm looking at that look on your face. I'm asking, who is God to you? What's your interpretation? I, I, Jenna, I mean, I, I'm not close. I can only, only only tell you how I have experienced. I can't answer that for any other person. And I wouldn't even interpret, I wouldn't even attempt that. But my, my personal spiritual journey has given me reason to conclude that so far to believe so it's a work in progress, but so far, all I'm capable of understanding about the nature of God is that it is two things, profoundly intimate and totally impersonal. Both are true. Both are true. That the manifestation of God, the divine, all that is, in the structure of life, the nature of life, and the nature of life is law and order. And we're creatures of law and order. We can't stand it when laws are broken. It, it, it drives us crazy. We will pursue someone to the ends of the earth if they break a law. Because we are structured. Our bodies work on law and order. Our heartbeat is law. Eye blinks, blood pressure, mathematical law. So the nature of God, the, the planetary rhythms, the tides, nature, summer, autumn, winter, spring, food returns. We, this is God. And if you understand that that is the nature of God, then you understand that after a winter in your life, I will send you a spring. I will. Even if I don't like you, God says, I'll send you a spring. I'm under contract. I'll send you a spring. I will. No matter who you are, no matter how many. No matter how much, it doesn't matter. But I will tell you, not everybody has the same kind of fields to plant in. That's going to vary, but you'll get a field. You'll get a field. And how well you use your skill, you know, everything is choice because it's law and order. You make stupid choices. I am not going to clean up your mess because that's law and order. Is that is that where karma plays a role? Where um, it's not the karma that we talk about, where that's your karma, but it's more the law of cause and effect. Where if I've given so much suffering, at some point when I'm suffering, then why am I begging and saying this is not fair? You know, when I look at What's happening in the USA? I wonder 
Is it the karma of USA to be going through what it's going through, or is it creating karma to go through some stuff later on? It's been a huge shift in this country, I have to tell you, especially you and I have felt a lot of emotions with the kids being locked up in cages. That was a really hard one to receive. And then you reach a point that you say to yourself, at what point do I step in and and step up and go, no, we can't have this. And everyone's voice should have shifted that. And yet we're still struggling and there's still kids in those cages. And they will be all through the Democratic. You watch. Because there's no leaders and there's no backbone. And they're all afraid of being out of their power seats, which is why they have to absolutely get term limits and they should be paid 40000 a year. And you'll see them scamper. Mm-hmm. You have to get rid of lobbyists, well, I hope that give changes. them term limits, and you have to make their power lives, their little aristocracies, their little kingdoms. You have to disempower these people. They, they've, they've just become too entrenched in their own power systems. They don't run to represent yeah. people. They run personal power games. Right, yeah. I remember I did a television series. I did a television series entitled Soul Talk on the Hill, and I had the privilege of really being the only yogi walking in the halls of Congress and having these intimate conversations. And you know what I took away from our talks and our recordings? If they had an influence that could invite them to feel safe, to be opened and to be themselves, they would. But sometimes the environment is so toxic, they're not even able to find themselves. This is just something that I'd observed in some, not all, but in some. Mm-hmm. I want to get to the book because I was curious, and I know this is going to be a hard question because I know we're coming to the to the end of our conversation. Um, I felt for me there were, like, all the prayers were my, my favorite, um, but there were a few that I would turn back again and again. Which one is your favorite mm-hmm. so far, or which one do you find yourself turning mm-hmm. back to again and again. By chance, is the book there, or by chance, do you, I know you have the prayers memorized. I would love if you could share one of your favorite prayers with us. Um, One of my favorite ones, huh? Let me see. Look at this book. (laughs) It's so marked up. I I, I think I'll do this one. You know, I, I, I really do. I've been asked so many, many times in interviews to share a prayer from my book. And I honestly, I, I just, I let it open. I find it now very curious that when I open it up, I think, should I just share this particular prayer? Mm-hmm. And it's turning out to be an oddly appropriate prayer. So may I share this one? Please do. Please do. This one is called Soul Choices. Nowadays, I think about my life, Lord, as an endless excursion into the power I have to set choices in motion. How I dance with creation by deciding what to do with this life of mine. And little by little, I'm realizing that every thought I have, 
Every breath I take releases sparks of creative energy, my energy, my grace into this universe. Every flash of love or fear or anger or joy, curiosity or gratitude ignites a consequence. Every burst of energy starts the fires of creation, which blend into the forces of energy already in motion. That is what this journey of my life, everyone's life, is really about. What then am I creating with this soul of mine? I will have to account for my acts of creation when I leave this earth. We do not get the gift of all this power and not have to account for it. This is far too orderly a universe for our lives to be disorderly and unaccounted for. I suspect that when I leave this earth, everything that seems so important to me here, everything I worry about will crumble away. I will realize how utterly insignificant it was to not have enough of this or that or how much pain I caused by holding on to anger or stressing out over whatever. I don't want to wait that long, Lord, to come to my spiritual senses. I want some wild and powerful grace to sweep through me and flush out my inner reptiles and fears. I cannot afford to be afraid of small choices anymore. I cannot afford to imagine fears that are nonsense or concern myself for even a second about what others think. My only concern now is whether I'm hearing you clearly. I have less time ahead of me now, Lord, than behind me. And I do not want to be someone who's frightened of other people or carries darkness in my heart. If I am such a person, I need to see that and heal it. My choices are far too powerful, and I cannot afford a negative choice. Amen. Kind of feel like how you felt when Kristen was finished with her song to to you. It's just something about these prayers; they're just so pure and authentic. Um, I don't have to tell you thanks for joining us today, because I know whatever you offer from your heart and it's genuine. You don't show up if it's not real to you, and I've appreciated that. <laughs> Any final thoughts? You see how much we know each other. Any final thoughts you'd we like do. to offer? We really <laughs> do you want to share any final thoughts with everyone? Because, you know, I we're trying to get folks out of their personal issues, you know, like personal little petty issues. It's really distracting people from the real deal. But that's another conversation. You know what I'm going to say, Jenna? It's going to be a challenging winter for people going to be because we're going to be under lockdown or we're going to be isolated and life is changing and what people need to really get is we're not going back to any kind of normal. We can only go forward now and so people have got to stop saying I want to get back to normal. We're going to get forward to a new normal and they have to stop looking back. And that, and they have to not allow that sort of nostalgia to take hold of them. It won't serve them. Instead, they have to look at what needs to be generated in each day. To, we have to look at small ways to improve the lives we're living. 
we have to be we have to become much bigger within our small space and much smaller within this big space. We have to be much more gracious to every person we meet because our we were screaming for decades. I want my own space. Well, look how many people have it and it's killing them. So what we need to do now is realize I don't want my own space. I so want to squeeze the hell out of everybody I love, but I can't get my hands on them. And I will never again not be grateful for the people in my life. I will never again not be grateful for everybody. And in fact, my job when I go down the street, my practice is I, my heart is so full of love for everybody I see. Because now I know that everybody I see is missing everybody they don't see as much as I'm missing everybody. I look at all the people in my town who are losing their businesses. And I sat by their window and think, is there anything I can do or anything I can get? Anything. This is my living practice. We're trying to save this village and save everything else. What else can it, you tell people? You start living the power of your spirit. You start, when you see someone out there who's homeless, you better believe they are homeless. And you give them a dollar. You don't walk by them. And in your heart, you say, except for the grace of God, go I am. Because you know what? That could be an angel in disguise looking at you and saying, I'm going to remember this. Yeah. Because we are all one. It is such a... It's a time for grace. It's a time for all of us to really begin to go deeper into our intimate conversations with God, everyone. Uh, and it doesn't matter if you've been on your awakened journey, your religious journey, your agnostic journey. As living souls, there's got to be something in your spirit that's calling you to be definitely the best you can be, which is of love, and to be more soul aware so that you can walk with God wherever you go. We always believe, you know, that it's not as if God, we know God is everywhere. Wherever there's beauty, there's God. When there's ugly, God is not there. But imagine that the more we can keep remembering the divine, the more we Remember the divine. Keep this intimate dialogue with with the divine. We make the energy of God present. Because one of the things that I've been looking at is why are people so mean to each other? It's as if they've stopped having this intimate dialogue with the divine. Um, I, Callan, thank you. Lots of love. Holding you tight. Om Shanti. None of those words really carry the weight of how we feel about each other. But I think the both of us can share that we deeply, deeply wish for humanity to heal and to awaken and to get out of this particular place that it is globally. And so, you know, I just hope that, I don't hope, I just know a day will come, whether it's through love or tragedy, we will turn to the divine and we will get into the intimacy of these relationships or conversations and I think the world will change. It'll become that golden age we've been envisioning for a long time. Any final words, my sweet sister? And if not, thank you so much. Big hugs. Bye, darling. Take care. Lots of love.
All right, everyone. I hope that took you to another place in time and you were able to really feel the strength and the depth of our narrative with the wonderful Carolyn Mace. Again, her book, Intimate Conversations with the Divine, has been one of my bedtime books that I turn to at night. And again, you know, we need to really become so conscious and raise our love and our empathy, our kindness, our graciousness. One thing I've recognized that definitely is a big need of our time, humility and honesty. These two particular virtues, to be humble and to be honest. Again, nothing that was said in today's conversation is really anything about political. Each person was sharing their own idea. This is really about how can we get to our conscious place of divinity and become our best version. So to all of our friends out there on Facebook, YouTube, all of your comments, let us know what you felt about today's conversation. Put them in. Give me your thumbs up. Anything that you'd like to share. And I want to take this time to thank each and every one of you for tuning in again and making the next normal your go-to evening chit-chat <laughs> at night. All right, lots of love. Take care, everyone. Om Shanti.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.